0: Welcome to the Right Place podcast, where we learn with you how to navigate the world by building better connections that matter, relationships that last, and businesses that thrive. My name is Rudolph, and with me is John. John, how have you been? How's this week been? And yeah, what are you up to?
1: How's it, Rudolph? Great to be with you again. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. Uh, nice sunny weather here, at Cape Town side. Um, it's warm. Yeah. Schools are about to start again. So, just enjoying the last bit of um, the school holidays with my kids. But uh, otherwise, it's been a good week. And your side?
0: Yeah, probably the same. um, Working from home mostly. So, that also helps. But um, because it's school holidays, it's it's nice to be around the kid and and at home. But yeah, you you can feel things are changing again and people are getting into a, a bit of a rhythm. Um, My wife was rather frustrated that I told her, I'm still on leave. But I worked probably the whole week, not necessarily hardcore work, but but planning a lot of things, doing a lot of admin, getting things right for the year, um, and setting myself up up for success a bit. um, But yeah, we're on Friday and and ready to roll again. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, um, being married –
1: always brings with it um, some interesting things. Um, if you've got nothing to do, yeah. your wife will find something for you to do very
0: quickly. Yeah, the, the funny joke on our side, my wife has, so she's very organized. So she'll tell me we need to do this or that. And then I, two days later, she'll tell me, but you still didn't do it. I'm like, listen, if I said I would do it, I will do it. You don't have to remind me every six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a running joke. I do a lot of travel every time, so yeah. So John, um, I've been busy this week planning the first uh, IBN, the Irene Business Network, um, and and I thought let's let's have a chat about what is it, What is it? How does it work? What do we do? And so on, I think that is one of the parts where we connected very well over the last few years in that you started the Clara Business Network a few years ago. I think we touched on it last time that we spoke about how it works and, and, or not how it works, but what it is really. So maybe just inform us or tell us a little bit about how it works, how is it set up? what is What do we do there? Cool. Thanks, Rudolf. Yes. So, as I mentioned
1: previously, myself and, uh, Gerard Kreivagen, we started the Chlorobus mm-hmm. network in 2020. And it was born out of a need for people and neighbors, uh, to connect, um, here in, uh, Cape Town yeah. side. And what we wanted to do was to bring people together, to meet new people, to make new connections. Um, I've attended, um, some other, Business networking type events, um, first in Pretoria side and Cape Town side, and business networking um, is vital. I think, especially vital uh, being in South Africa. Um, we're stuck here at the bottom end of South Africa. I mean, of, of Africa, and we need a place where we can connect with other like-minded people, business people, hear what's going on, maybe listen to an interesting guest speaker. So, basically, the CBN is a very no-frills high-impact networking event. And when I say no frills is we just do stuff and make things happen. We don't have yep. um, a membership. We don't yep. have a fee to join. You don't have to attend minimum courses. You don't have to pay to attend, anything like that. We wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to attend. And that might not be a popular business model out there, but we it, it works for um, where I stay here um, in Durbanville. And we wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to attend. So at the moment, our um, our events run uh, every month. And we get between 80 to 120 people, depending on the guest speaker, depending on the time of the year. And it's a great uh, mechanism to meet your neighbors, meet friends in the area, and have that regular contact with people. People are actually very busy. And I often say this to my wife, if you see and hang out or have a bra with someone two or three times a year, it's actually a lot because people have their own lives, they do their own things in school days, they go overseas, they work here, there, and everywhere. So if you see someone two or three times a year, it's actually a lot. But if you have this opportunity to see someone on a monthly basis at an event that's free, that's well put together, and you might learn something, um, meet some uh, interesting guest speakers, then that will obviously get you in front of people eight to nine times um, a year. So I think that's what the, the benefit um, thereof is. Um, yeah. So it's been running for, uh, 20, since 2020. This is our fifth year. Um, I'm busy organizing our first event, which is on the 25th of January. Um, yeah. So, so looking forward to this, our fifth year and, and implementing some new strategies. Um, tell me a bit more about the IBM and, and your journey so far.
0: Yeah, we also spoke about it last time. And I think what is, what is interesting is we, you obviously challenged me and I told the story of, of how we started off with it. But really a bit of a leap of faith. I I think we've got very distinct differences between what you guys or your environment versus ours. And, and again, people are busy. Um, so, so what do you have to offer? so that people would actually want to attend. And, and luckily, our first one was rather well-attended. And over the period of time, we've had a big churn of people. So we've got a big group of people, and not everyone attends every time, which I also understand. But there's a full group of people that, that now became almost friends at the event, and they see each other every time, and they, they connect on other levels as well. But, um, yeah, we follow more or the same principle as yours. Ours is every month. So we, we, um, try and have it on the last Tuesday of every month, um, over the course of the year. And then we don't have one in December because everyone's away and, and it's a relaxing time for most businesses as well. Um, but we, we follow the same structure within a, uh, an event as well We we have a bit of a keynote speaker. I always liken it to a bit of a tech talk type of environment. So not necessarily focused on business per se, but interesting stuff, things that would pull people together and where you can learn something new or um, learn from other people. How did they do business or... I mean, we had some sporting events based on the Rugby World Cup and uh, we had an Olympic rower in, in one of our sessions and very interesting people. And, and you get to know all these different different people and it, it helps us quite a bit in getting people to know each other as well. So initially it was um, built around Irene, but we, we also find that Probably half or maybe even a bit more of the people are not based in the suburb at, at all. And, and that also helps to expand your reach a little bit and to, to get to know people beyond their, your your border as well. But principally, we want to get people to know each other and, and build a relationship out of this. I always start these sessions by saying, listen, we can sit here and we can talk and we can Try and do business. I can force you to do it or you can do it on your own or whatever you want, but it's a trust relationship. So build a relationship as you would build any relationship. And if you feel that something is off, it probably is. Because you cannot build a relationship where there's no trust and expect to do business from there. Um, So it's one of the, the ground principles that we lay out every time is that I don't take any responsibility for transactions that happen around these events afterwards and so on, because you get to know each other from here. But follow your instincts, follow your natural processes, your normal processes, and if good relationships come from it, I'm very happy. But but um, yeah, don't don't get taken for a ride purely because it's at a networking event. Um, yeah, so we we're very excited about this year. I think. We don't have that much change and I'll talk a little bit later on maybe about things that we are planning, but we don't have that much that's changed from last year apart from maybe the, the speakers. But one thing that we have considered, not considered that we've decided on for the year is that we, we want to run through themes. So we've taken the year and looked at what happens in those specific months. What is, what is the month? Representing, for instance, so we've got a Women's Month. We've got the the Olympics coming up in July. Um, October is the cyber international cyber security uh, month for for Intersect. So there's there's a lot of different things happening in the world around different periods of the year, and we want to focus our talks on those as well because you're going to see it in the media. You're going to see the Olympics everywhere, and so it's so I think we. We're trying to align what we're doing over the course of the year um, with what is happening as well. So you guys, are you changing stuff from last year? What are you planning on on adding to to the CVN that that didn't happen in the past?
1: No, thanks, Rudolf. You make some good points there. I think from our side, what we're adding this year is a program for um, younger people. What we have found sure. is that the youth are a little bit allergic to networking in person. They'd rather sit next to you and WhatsApp you than talk to you face-to-face. Um, they're very connected, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of that type of stuff. But we want to just show yeah. them that face-to-face networking uh, does have a place. And also, yeah. um, over the years at the at the CBN, people have met and connected with a whole bunch of amazing people. And we'd love to expose the younger generation uh, to this. So what we've created is a program called the Network Accelerator Program, or NAP. And I've challenged the youth and said, look, you can take a NAP in 2024, or you can join the NAP pack and actually connect with other people. So it's targeted um, at 18 to 28-year-olds, and we're going to be starting um, on the 25th of January with that. And it's going to have their own session. So before the CBN starts at 6 o'clock, between 5 and 6, Uh, The NAP pack uh, will meet, and it's going to be a safe space for them. I'm going to lead the first one and just explain, look, this is what the opportunities um, are that are out there. And just say, look, this is our approach. This is how CBN works, and we want to create a safe space for the younger people to come together. And then we're almost going to challenge them and say, listen, you can run with this. I want you to be in charge. I don't want to tell you what to do. I've got enough on my plate. To run this, I want—I almost want it to become a self-sufficient, self-standing vehicle under the CBN umbrella, um, where the younger people can kind of get together, hang out, share ideas. But we want to obviously support them and encourage them, and bring a couple of interesting guest speakers, especially for them, targeted at the younger generation. What are they? What are they um, interested in? More than likely, it's going to be social media, how to make money online, uh, how to take products international, stuff like that. So. Um, Yeah, we're going to give it a shot and see what happens. Um, Again, what I've told people that I've I've, um, talked to about NAP already is opportunities come your way. It's up to you to see and grab it. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I'm not going to force you to attend the CBN. I'm going to encourage you to do it. Um, and, And exactly like you said, you can't force people to do business together. And also when people meet each other, They don't necessarily sign a million-rand deal on day one. Maybe three or four times later, they actually start talking business. First time people meet, they talk nonsense, talk about the rugby, talk about the weather, uh, talk about politics. Um, Down the line is where the business happens. So I think the consistency of attending events um, is key. There have been quite a few people – that have said, no, they came to a CBN, complete waste of time, nothing happened. I said, okay, that's fine. Nothing happened this time. And nothing might not happen the second time. But maybe the third or the fourth time, you'll meet the right person. You'll be in the right place at the right time, have the right conversation. And I think that's what people forget. So networking is about consistency. That's why we don't have one event a year. That's why we have a monthly event. That's why Irene Business Network has a monthly event. To have these consistent events, to have a vehicle, to have a mechanism to meet people on a regular basis and have these uh, conversations. Yeah, so I think the biggest addition this year is the NAP program. We're going to tweak our program a little bit uh, for the CBN as well, but that's more on, a, on the admin side. Um, yeah, and we, we're we trying to go for a 50-50 split between uh, male and female speakers this year. Um, we've approached oh. a couple of interesting people. Just this morning, I was, I was DMing, uh, some people on LinkedIn just test in the waters if they'd like to come and um, speak um, at the CBN this year. Um, yeah, but but further than that, it's going to be business as usual. Um, yeah, but there's always room for improvement.
0: That's real interesting. I um, I listened to you talk about the the youngsters and there's this instant gratification thing, and it's because of the success that they see on social media and so on. And I I um, actually, by, by coincidence, I have a, a session Monday afternoon at 5 with a with a 15-year-old whose mom phoned me and asked me, listen, entrepreneur, can you please talk to him? He doesn't want to go and study. He doesn't want to finish school even because he's going to make a lot of money as an entrepreneur. And he, he made some money already. And he thinks that, listen, I'm going to do it forever. And, and maybe he will. Who knows? But I think there's some ground principles here that you, you, not everyone's going to be Elon Musk or, a, or a Zuckerberg or all or, or those guys. And unfortunately, they see that success and, and they, they don't want to put in the hard grind. And, and who's going to be your customer if you don't have the trust, if you don't have the network and so on? It's not just having people around that you can um, – can talk to or, or build relationship with, but potentially it's your customer of the future and where else are you going to find those guys? So I'll just leave it there. Um, yeah, um, your, your events, you mentioned eight or nine. So I just want to ask on, on that if you you guys, um, what's your schedule more or less on that the calendar?
1: Yeah, so the schedule works. We'll be starting on the 25th of January. And then we'll be uh, have one on the 15th of February. So it's a quick turnaround, three weeks, uh, which will be with Chris Fenning, which we're looking forward to. Yeah. And then um, we try and have one every month, but I try and work on the dates so that they're not near a long weekend, not near the school holidays. Um, it does become a bit tricky now and then because sometimes you'll have six weeks between an event, between your yeah. meetings. Sometimes you'll have two or three. Um, so we're not yeah. as consistent as the IBN, but uh, we think it works for us. Um, Cape Town is a bit of a ghost town during the school holidays. So we generally don't have an event in January. Uh, But this year, speaking to Kirsty Scully and the team at Core Wealth, they really wanted to do something with us um, in January. Um, So so that's why we're having our first January event. We normally did start um, only in February. Uh, We generally skip June June and July. Uh, We'll we'll see what happens this year uh, because of the cold winter months and it's also school holidays and things like that. And in December, we don't generally do an event. We normally end up end off with the, the big Christmas party um, and the CBN big Bash. Um, yeah, so I work very hard on looking at the calendar dates, and what I've told people, and it might be a bit of an oxymoron is I try and ensure that the guest speakers fit in with our calendar because you yes, you can get a guest speaker, an amazing guest speaker and they're only available on a Monday during the school holidays. It's going to put a lot of pressure on you to get people there because the date isn't yeah. ideal. So I work with the guest speakers. We talk with them early in the year, and we try and get them on the Thursday that's going to suit us best. Yeah. But, I mean, there's obviously many ways to um,
0: to to do this. Yeah, yeah 100%. I, um, I think it it's a horses for courses scenario. So if someone wants to go and Replicate this and I, and I, I would encourage people to try something in areas that you stay at. If you, if you can't join one because it's not available, do it. Start, start one, contact John, contact me. We'll help you to, to try and set it up. If it's in our thing, I'll even try and attend one or two. Um, and, and I'm sure John in the, in the Cape would also be willing to, to come through, but, the, um, yeah, it's a lot of work in preparation. Um, like you said, you, you need to go and, Find speakers, you need to make it interesting because people are not going to come and listen to the same story every time, so it needs to be different stuff, new things um, lessons learned and and you'll find that um, some people are just not great speakers, and you you learn from that and 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 adjust and I think it's also important to have a very good understanding of of what is expected of the speaker on the night because um, you you get Potentially the risk of letting someone loose that goes completely rogue and, and it doesn't have any value. So all just so boring that, that people miss the next meeting because they believe, listen, this, this thing is not for us. Um, it's just, it's just not, not the, what we want to do. Um, yeah. So, so moving on from that, um, obviously myself and you, we, we MC these events. We, we actually host them. Um and, and we the, um yeah, you're a bit of a doorkeeper, the timekeeper as well. Um but also to to make it entertaining and, and share the right information. Um, I know in your, your guys' side; you've got the the charity angle where you promote one or two of the NPOs and so on that's involved in your areas and that you guys support. Um but but there's a lot of things to come to go through. So so and I know, John, you're quite the MC these days. Um, I don't know if you do wedding MCs yet, but we, I know you we'll are busy. You did the Psycho Leaders Conference one and so on. Um, but but um, yeah, what, is it, what does it take to be the MC at this event?
1: Sure, Rudolf, that's a great question. I think, I think it's changed <laughs> over the years. I think um, when Gerard Krevachen and I started uh, the CBN, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, we didn't know how the MC should work, the schedule, the timing, and everything. But, I mean, we've kind of learned on the job. Um, I think I have a lot of respect for the role of MC. And um, I think it's changed me as a person. And I know that I have to put the audience first. It's not the John show. It's not me showing off. It's not me... Trying to be overly funny or overly familiar with people. I've got a job to do, and that's to keep the evening flowing. Um, I need to be 100% aware of what's happening around me, 100% aware of the time, looking around the whole time. Um, is everything okay? Um, is someone in distress? Um, yeah, so it's, it's a, I put a lot of pressure on myself to try and do it as best as possible to put the audience first so that the audience is comfortable. Um, the worst job that you can do as an MC is if you just stand up <clears throat> and you're not in charge. You don't take it seriously. You're late. You're sloppy. You forget. Um, so the MC is there to steer the ship. People want someone to yep. be in charge. People want to take direction. People want to have know that John is in charge. Rudolf is in charge. Gerard's in charge. Gavin's in charge. It just helps steer the whole evening if people know who's in charge so it's important to be in charge and then it's also important to not take it too seriously so you've got to take it seriously and then not take it seriously things are going to go wrong people are going to talk people are going to make silly jokes someone's going to drop a glass of wine something a car alarm is going to go off stuff happens like that and so You've got to be prepared to just handle it because, again, you're the MC. You need to handle it. You need to make a quick off-the-cuff remark. You need to respond to the joke. You need to wave at someone, walk in late. You need to make people feel comfortable. Um, yeah, so I enjoy it. I thrive on it. It's a lot of fun. It doesn't feel like work. It, it, um, it feels, feels a bit exhilarating sometimes when you, when you see things are falling into place and things are going right. Um, but yeah, it, it takes a bit of work. Um, I've learned a lot. I'm nowhere near as good as I want to be. Um, but yeah, and, and and yourself, I mean, you, you're a natural people person. Um, you're very comfortable talking to anyone and every anyone and anything. Um, so, but how has that affected your role being the MC for the IBN?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. As I listen to you, I I do know that I tend to. Pick a few people in the crowd that I am familiar with, and I I would, I would almost tend on making a bit of an inside joke, and it's it's something that I cannot get rid of. I I have tried. I I when I see myself, I've already done it. It's so instinctive, and it's um, so. So as I hear you say that, I'm like, oh, I know I'm guilty of it. Um, but yeah, we our group is a bit smaller, and and that's the the. Um, People get to know each other rather quickly there. Um, so, so we have a bit of a set program and, and we tweak it, but the, the basis of it is always the same. And we do some introductions so that um, people get to know each other upfront. And I think if you get to 50 or so, more than 30, I suppose, people, time just doesn't allow that you get people to, to actually introduce themselves anymore. So then you then we push back and say, listen, you the networking portion of this session is where you're gonna connect with other people. But if we're about twenty five or below thirty, we allow each one to to have a bit of a one minute session where they where they just tell the other people what they do. And and I must say people are rather well behaved in that they They stick to that elevator pitch almost. Um, I really do not believe in that. I've never been good at it. And I also don't believe that you're going to get someone's business in one minute. It's it's just not feasible. So I'll rather tell them about me and then I'll tell them what the business is. But I'm not going to try and sell something to someone. And, And that's also how I pitch it to the people. So it helps quite a bit to get that out of the way because doing business with someone after one minute, then you can rather go to a retail chain and buy what you want. But to do business doesn't work that way in my view. Um, yeah, again, I, I do enjoy it. People, you said that I naturally talk to people, but I, um, if you do those tests, I'm actually in the middle between introvert and extrovert. So I'm, I'm not a big extrovert. I, I... Out of this role grow into that and and but afterwards I'm tired I go home, I sleep I'm, I'm I'm over this, but it's it, it's also a personal challenge to myself, whereas i do I do not mind speaking in front of big big groups I do a lot of training in my work environment as well so I, I don't mind that at all but um to to enable you to get to that point where it looks so natural. I think it's practice and it's the only way that you're gonna get get that right. So I, I don't mind doing it because I want to be better at it. And and that's probably why I I look like I I, I do it naturally, because I, I've been doing it for so long in different ways that it, it comes over maybe like that, but it's every time you go there, it's still this stress of are people gonna pitch up. Secondly, um is it going to be worth people's while we had one incident last year where the where the speaker didn't pitch up the, the the keynote speaker didn't pitch and i had some trouble with the guy on the day and and something in me just told me listen prepare i prepared four slides based on networking and why it's important and so on and then we turned that thing into a group discussion and i in my view, we got a nice lot of value out of it, but some of the people came for the speaker. So there's a lot of, a lot to learn in that process. I think we handled it well. Um, and luckily I was prepared because if I didn't have those few slides with a few pointers that I obviously built myself. So I was, I knew them. It would have been a, a complete waste of everyone's time the evening. Did you have some stupid stuff or funny things that happened at the networking events in the past? Oh, my word, Rudolph.
1: There's always something funny that happens or something funny that goes wrong. Um, I'll I'll start with a sadder moment before I tell you about some of the funny moments. Um, We had a lady from the Little Lighthouse Foundation come and talk uh, and do her one minute. And her son was suffering from a very difficult disease. She started crying, like literally having a, a bit of a meltdown about... Um, what her son was going through in the charity and everything. And as the MC, I had to do something. You can't just leave yeah. a woman vulnerable crying in front of a hundred people. So I just went and stood next to her and put my arm around her. And mm. I just stood there. There wasn't really a dry eye in the house. It was a very emotional moment, a very difficult moment, but I just had to do nope. something. And I just went and stood by her, put my arm around her, and that, I think, just settled her. She was able to finish her pitch. She was able to get through it. Um, and that, that was, I mean, that caught everyone by surprise. Um, she'd started a charity to support her, her, her son, who had a very um, difficult disease and they needed fundraising and things like that. So it was very close yeah. to her heart. It wasn't just someone talking about um, well, a regular charity. Eternal people. If I- yeah. Yes, Yes. if I can use that term. Um, so that was a bit of a hit, a uh, you know, shot between the eyes for me to say, look, you've got to be wide awake because anything can happen at yeah. any time. It's almost like live TV. You don't know what's going to happen. This is a live event. People sneeze at the wrong time. People cough, as door slams, things like that. Um, but some of, the, some of the funny events is, I mean, you give someone a chance to talk, to, to have a one-minute And they just go off on this tangent. And like you said, you don't believe the one minute or the elevator pitches work. But sometimes these people, they want to describe to you in graphic detail what they do. The problem is they can't keep it to a minute. So they go off on this tangent and we do this. And then I do this and this. And I'm also involved here and I do this. No one's listening. So we've had to shut down a few people and say, listen, thank you very much. You can talk to them afterwards. And I think the key with the one minute is to, and, and, I say this, and I say this with love to a lot of people, remember it's an advert, not an infomercial. Um, as other people say, it's a, it, it should be a voice note, not a podcast. You, you, should, you, you should plant the seed for someone to come and talk to you afterwards. So you must make yourself sound very interesting. What problem do you solve? What is your technical expertise or your uniqueness to solve this problem? And what credibility do you have? If you can nail those couple of sentences... People are going to come and talk to you afterwards. But if you blabber on, and then I did this, and then I did this, and I've got an MBA, or I've done this, no one's, no one's interested. You've lost the crowd. Yeah. Um, so we've had a couple of those moments as well. Um, the the funniest thing by far, and this has happened multiple times, is people walk into the venue um, at I estate here in Durbanville. And, I mean, we've set up the, the chairs. There's a projector. There's a wine tasting. And people walk in. And they ask what's going on. And this is after you've marketed your event, you've sent reminders, you've sent emails and WhatsApps and voice notes and everything like that. Some people just don't get any of that marketing material or they've ignored it or they don't know it was today. And people are just oblivious. So that's kind of like frustrating. It's like, have you been living under a rock? Do you have no Wi-Fi at your house? (laughs) Where where have you been the last? um, And they stay in the estate. So it's a very... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I mean, obviously, people are bombarded with communication. Um, but it is funny that you market an event, you create this beautiful poster, you send it out, you put it on the notice boards, you put it on the TV, on the noticeable TVs, um, and still people rock up and not know what's going on. But hopefully that doesn't happen this year. Hopefully everyone is going to see our, our invites and stuff. Um, yeah, but um, what's happened on your side that's that's been funny or
0: irritating or both? Yeah, I think um, the the worst thing was obviously that speaker that didn't didn't pitch, um, and and uh, luckily, yeah, my instincts helped out helped out a bit there. Um, but we we've had some funny moments. We've got some uh, I don't want to mention names, but we've got a guy that that um, does car batteries. He comes quite religiously. He's, he's a good attender. His wife nowadays also attends. She's got her own thing as well, and. Um, Everyone gets to know him now. So what happened was people would phone me to ask for his number. So what he does is he works from home, has a car battery sales place, but he actually goes to wherever you are stuck with your car battery problem and and changes the battery and you pay a a fee for for his service and you buy the battery from him as well. Um, And I think within our group of people, probably between five and ten, already used him over this last year now. And, and so when we start with our innovative pitch, I mentioned him already. And then one of two of the Allen guys, as they do this, like, I don't sell car batteries. So people climbed onto this thing and it's actually very good for, for business for him, firstly, but, but if, if ever someone talks to me about, about a battery, I send them to Dion. Because I got to know him there now, so um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of banter and talk because the, because the group is not as big. Um, we had a very big event once with a with a rugby world cup. where quite a number of people attended, and, and some of them came back again. Uh, a lot didn't, and, and I think the the stories and things were quite inspiring on the day. But um, yeah, we didn't have a lot of. Issues and things that I can quickly think of that, um, yeah, that, like, like yours. I remember once you told me a story of, of an issue with, with the, some of the wine farms where they, they complained afterwards that it's, it's not worth their while. Um, and, and I think from our side, the, the same happened. I'll catch on to that story of yours now, but uh, on our side, what happened was the venue once had an issue where, they're saying, listen, the guys are not eating or, or drinking because we brought a wine taster or a, a wine agent in. And she did wine tasting, but she, the wine tasting was like Gauteng wine. It wasn't the Cape tasting ones so that only give you a sip. <laughs> <laughs> so people had two or three glasses of wine and then the restaurant didn't sell anything. So they were like, oh, it's not worth it. To, to give the venue for you, to you for free. Um, but yeah, people enjoyed that session. It was actually the one where Wayne givenage was the, the speaker from Alta. Um, and, and this lady just yeah, poured out wine for everyone. So quite an enjoyable session altogether. What happened on yours with the wine?
1: Yeah, look, the, the, the wine farms have been sometimes a little bit hit and miss. And I've tried to coach them as best as possible. And it starts with telling them, look, the Clara Business Network is a platform for you to market your wines. I'm not yeah. going to sell your wines for you. I'm giving you an opportunity. It's for you to maximize the opportunity. It's the same for the attendees of the event. If you're going to sit there sulking and be negative, well, you're, you're going to have a negative experience. Some wine farms have arrived totally unprepared, like with no brochures, no flyers, no business cards, they don't have a banner. One, one winemaker arrived in shorts, which I thought was quite an interesting strategy. Uh, not professional, couldn't really speak, and it was, it was a bit awkward. Um, and remember, it detracts from the event as well. Um, so I try and coach people. What I've done now is I've forced the wine forms. You have to come to um, the estate. You've got to walk around the venue, check it out, and we'll talk about everything and plan everything. Because I want to I maximize the return on investment for you. We don't charge the wine farms to come. They don't charge for the tasting. So their investment is the wine that they pour out and obviously their, their time and petrol, um, to get there. So yeah, so some, sometimes the wine farms do very well. And it's usually when the winemaker or the brand ambassador does a very good pitch, um, cause we give each wine farm a slot to talk. And usually when they do it well and they show a nice video, a couple of photos, and they build that rapport with the crowd, then the wine sales are good. Other times, the pitch turns into a huge infomercial. It just goes on and on and on, and then you've lost the crowd. So you've got to be short and sharp, give people a reason to come and taste the wine. But it also the wine form should give you a reason to um, go yeah. and visit the wine form afterwards where additional wine sales can um, can be made. Yeah, so so it, it's, it's been quite interesting. We also had one wine farm show up with only their the most expensive wines when we had told them, look, bring a range. The the, the less expensive, the medium range, and your top of the range. They only showed up with their top of the range wines. They kind of completely misread um, the market, and they didn't make any yeah. wine sales. And then the lady was quite upset with me. I said, look, I told you don't do this, and you did this. She went off in a huff and a puff, um yeah it just didn't work again i can't control everything people have to have common sense um as well
0: (laughs) another interesting um john so so i think we should wrap up a bit otherwise we we take too much of people's time but the the one thing that i want to quickly discuss is is so i've done this you started this. you guys on your fifth year we're doing it for the second year There's quite a number of other people that I know that also do a similar thing. And I attend one or two of them um, when I have the chance or the time as well. But if someone wants to do this, if they want to start their own thing, I remember last year, I think at the beginning of the year, you had a bit of a month-long series almost on, on LinkedIn where you actually explained the process and gave people tips and and content about it. And, and people can obviously go back to your profile and go and search for it there. Um, would we, um, how would we be able to to assist people if they would want to do this? Is it something that you'd give some of your time off? Um, is it conversations that they can set up with, or through a Zoom or, or direct message on LinkedIn or, or through this channel or something? Um, and, and are you willing to do it? Absolutely, Rudolf.
1: I encourage people to start their own event, to start their own podcast, to start their own newsletter. You need to be, you need to own something. When you own something, you're the captain of that ship. You've got the most visibility and you become a very useful person to know because you make so many connections. So I will gladly um, speak to anyone about starting their own business networking um, event. Um, and it might just be an introductory call. It depends what type of help they need, but I just want to encourage people, just do it. Year 24 is the year for starting. Um, I think you can create a lot of value for people. It can create a lot of opportunities for you, and it's definitely going to open doors. It does require work, but anything worth doing is worth doing right. And once you've done it a couple of times, things will start to fall into place. You'll get support. You'll fine-tune it. You're not going to hit gold on day one um so yeah i will gladly talk to anyone they can dm me on linkedin or email us or contact us through um through the right place community we'll gladly talk to them
0: yeah 100 same yeah and i think we we've also built up a bit of a template um so it's not a one size fits all scenario but um there's a there's a lot of experience on it and i mean the i i actually took your PowerPoint presentation, it was a massive one, I made it a lot smaller, but um, <laughs> did yours as a, as a template as well and built on that. Um, so there's can save a lot of time by partnering with someone that's that's done it before or just learning from them. Um, so um, yeah, also very happy to help. Um, like I said earlier on, I would also try and attend one or two, because you learn from each other. Different people do things differently. It's important to, do not think that you know everything. Um, we should always learn something new. Um, and for that reason, I also attend other networking events of of the same type of environment. Um, obviously, some big ones as well, but, but community based ones where I can. Yeah, good, John. Thanks, and yes, yeah, I, uh, I enjoy these chats. I thought today we are just going to tell people about the networking events that we're busy with. It's going to be 20 minutes and we're sitting on, on a lot longer already so um yeah thanks thanks for the chat and i think um yeah if we gave you some value um yeah go and subscribe to the linkedin channel after the the youtube channel follow us on linkedin go and check out the, the other content the website that we have and then also uh, you can go to JohnConnects.com and go and see some of his uh john's specific content on that site as well uh, with regards to networking specifically. Last words from you, John. Cool. No, thanks so much, Rudolph. Always always great to chat. Um, learned a lot, um,
1: as always. And I think we've got a lot of value to add. I mean, we're still in the early days of the Right Place community, um, but we want to add value to people and to into their networks and to encourage you. Um, we were once in your shoes, not knowing what to do. And now we're here, we've got a podcast, we've got networking events. So yeah, are happy to help. And yeah, go and check out our, our channels. I'm sure you'll find something interesting to read there. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, John. Cool. Cheers. Thanks, Rudolph. Thanks, everybody. We'll we'll see you next time at the right place.